Good morning and welcome to another uh, small worship of the Templar Knight. Let's start off with uh, our call to worship. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. Grant, we beseech thee, almighty God, that we who for our evil deeds do worthily deserve to be punished by the comfort of thy grace may mercifully be relieved through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above you, heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Here's God's law and uh, His will for your life. The words of our Lord Jesus Christ. You shall love the neighbor. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Let's confess our sins to uh, God. Almighty, merciful God, we acknowledge for ourselves and we confess before you that which is the truth. Namely, that if you decide to consider our merits and worthiness, we would not be worthy to lift our eyes to heaven and bring our prayer before you. For our consciences accuse us of the sins, of our sins testify against us. We also know that you are righteous, a righteous judge, who punishes the sin of those who transgress your commandments. But, O oh Lord, since you command us and commanded us to call upon you in every affliction and promise in your unspeakable mercy to hear our prayers, not for the sake of our merits, of which there are none, but for the sake of our, the merits of our Lord Jesus Christ, whom you have set forth as our mediator and advocate. So we forsake all other help and take our refuge to your mercy alone. Amen. Let's receive these words of comfort from God. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Confess what you believe about the Christian faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only and begotten Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. But there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, 
the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. It's time for our short catechism lesson of today. Do the do the bread and the wine become the real body of blood and of Christ? No. Just the water of baptism is not changed into Christ's blood and does not in itself wash away sin, but is simply a divine sign and assurance of these things. So, too, the holy bread of the Lord's Supper does not become the body of Christ itself, even though it is called the body of Christ, in keeping with the nature and language of sacraments. Why then does Christ uh, call the bread his body and the cup his blood or the new covenant in his blood? And Paul uh, uses the words as a participation uh, in the Christ's body and blood. Now, Christ has a good reason for these words. He wants, wants to teach us that just as bread and wine nourish the temporal life, so too his crucified body and poured out blood are the true food and drink for our souls for eternal life. But more important, he wants us uh, wants to assure us by this visible sign and pledge that we, through the Holy Spirit's work, share in his true body and blood as surely as our mouths receive these holy signs as remembrance, and that all of his suffering and obedience are as definitely ours as if uh, personally had suffered and made satisfaction from our for the sins. If you have any questions about those, you can go to our website and email me. Um, and that is www.americanightstemplars.com. Uh, or you can email me at davidr258 at comcast.net. Now we're going to go on and talk about the man who was saved while dying, the thief. Um, Luke chapter 23, verse 39 through 45. Jesus had a great compassion, uh, a compassionate heart for the nobodies of the world. Think about that. We read in the fourth chapter of John how he saved the woman who had five husbands and was then living with another man. Who was she? What was her name? She was in just a nobody, a prostitute, a scarlet woman. And in John 5, we see how he healed an impotent uh, man by the pool of Bethsaida. Who was he? What was his name? He was just a nobody who had been ignored and neglected for 38 years. And in John 9, we see him giving sight to a blind man. Who was, who was he? What was his name? He was just a nobody. These and many others 
Jesus dealt with and blessed as he made his way toward the cross. And now, as he dies on the cross, we see him giving eternal life to a man who was dying beside him. Who was, who was that man? What was his name? He was just a nobody, a thief, a common criminal. It all happened on a high feast day, a holiday in Jerusalem. Great crowds thronged the streets for it had been announced that Rome was to execute three prisoners by crucifixion. That day, and the people wanted to witness this grim procedure. Human nature just seems to flock to look at on anything that is gruesome. I think about the people that uh, were lynched just out outside of in towns. You know, mobs went to the county jail and forced the jailer to turn the victim over to them. Uh, you know, he, as they led uh, led him down the street, you could hear 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 cries. You know, don't kill this guy. Don't don't kill me. But the mob took him outside, strung him up, and then riddled his body with bullets. That's crazy. But that happened. Think about the things. Yeah, that's a, that's a frail human nature. Who are these three who were crucified that day just outside of the Jerusalem? Well, two of them were criminals, highwaymen who uh, led bands to steal and murder. They were wicked men. They deserved to die, and they knew it. The other man into prominence in another way. He preached in the synagogue and taught in the temple. He touched lepers, and they were made clean. He opened blinded eyes. He raised the dead. He blessed everyone he touched. He was a spiritual leader of great power. He spent his life going about doing good. He claimed to be the Son of God, which he was. But the religious leaders of that day hated him and cried out for his death. We see the processions uh, moving out of the city. Jesus, the two criminals, were being led to their death. They soon come to a hill, a hill called, what was it called? Calvary. Four Roman soldiers were assigned to each cross. Then the victims were stripped and stretched upon these crosses. Cruel spikes were driven through their hands and their feet. As the crosses were lifted up, they were allowed to drop down into holes already dug for them. From the victims, there came a spray of blood. The tearing of the flesh, the straining of muscles. Now these three trees stand out against the sky, laden with the fruit of the infinite pain. The attitude of Jesus on the central cross demands our attention. No reveling, no bitterness, no complaint came from him. He even prayed for those who were putting him uh, to death. Father, he prayed, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Find that Luke chapter 23, verse 34. The two thieves mocked and cursed him, but suddenly one of them changed his attitude. In his heart, he recognized that Jesus was more than a mere man. 
Looking up in faith he to him, he cried out, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And quick as a flash, Jesus replied, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And when the Savior went towards God, And when the Savior, I'm sorry, when the Savior went home to heaven that day, he took a poor penitent, uh, penitent sinner with him. Oh, what glory, what love, what compassion. This was a, a momentous hour for Jesus. He was dying for all sinners. And the thief, by his side, gave him the opportunity to to demonstrate that he had power to save all who call on him. This was a momentous hour for the world. Salvation had been made possible for all men. Jesus was dying for men of every century and every race, for men of all time. He was dying for you, and he was dying for me. It was a momentous hour for the thief. All of his past black record was blotted out, and his future destiny was changed. He left the, his earthly life to enter a heavenly life with God. The dying thief rejoiced to see the fountain in his day, and there may I, thou vile, as he, wash all my sins away. Um, he made his appeal not to the officers, not to the priest, not to Pilate, but just to Jesus. Though he knew Jesus was dying, yet he called on him. Peter, one occasion, said, uh, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Find that in John chapter 6, verse uh, 68. Yeah, he is the only one to whom we can go for forgiveness and salvation and eternal life. Look at the great uh, faith of this thief, this uh, nobody, this nameless man. Jesus was dying helpless. Forsaken by what could he do for him? By all. Yet he saw Jesus as a king and called him Lord. Some of you know he is more than a mere man. You know he is God himself. Yet you have never called on him as this man did. Who called him Lord? Peter called him Lord. When he saw the miracle of the drought of fishes, Thomas called him Lord when he saw the pierced hands that had conquered death. Paul called him Lord when he, his uh, resplendent glory struck him down on the road to Damascus. But this poor man called him Lord when he looked on more Lord, lordly than himself. Then placed a sign over Jesus. They placed a sign over Jesus' head which read, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. This was a joke of the day, but it was no joke to this thief, for he believed it. He said, when thou comest into thy kingdom, not if, but when. He was simply saying, I don't know, you will outride the storm, and when you come into the, your kingdom, you'll remember this poor man who hung on the nails beside you. Did Jesus hear? Did he answer? Of course he did. 
How thrilled the man must have been when he heard those glorious words, Verily, I say unto thee today, shalt thou be with me in paradise. Paradise is the home where our souls go to be with Jesus when we die. That day, the world divided at the cross. One man went up with, to be with the Lord for the other. The other went down to uh, everlasting uh, perdition. One man trusted the other man, rejected. One man scoffed to the other man, prayed. One man reviled and the other man worshiped. The same thing happens today. There are only two groups of people on earth. Those who believe and trust in Jesus and those who reject him and leave him out of their lives. The thief acknowledged that he was a poor sinner who needed help. A particular scene will soften one man and harden another man. Two men will hear the same sermon. One will come to the cross with a broken heart and be saved, while the other will become more bitter and more move farther from Christ. Is it like that with uh, two male factors? One wanted to one one wanted to spit at Jesus's face and and railed railed out against him. The other one said, uh, "We are sinful. We deserve to die." But he does not. Look at this man's spiritual intuition. I believe God put it there. Rome declared Christ guilty. The religious leaders declared him guilty. But this thief looked deeper. He saw the purity of Jesus and believed he could carry him to heaven. He could have saved, as some say today, I am a sinner, I admit, but I am no worse than many others. Or he could have said, there are too many hypocrites who profess religion, as some say today. But no, he said, I am a sinner, and I am receiving the due reward of my deeds. A man doesn't get far towards God until he admits his own sinfulness and his needs of salvation. Uh, I've read lots of things. Uh, Sam Hadley, a superintendent of Water Street Mission in New York, met a beautiful but bad woman of the streets. She said to him, come home with me. He answered, no, you come home with me and meet my wife. So she went home with him. And Mrs. Hadley showed a sweet concern for this fallen woman. She put her arms around her and kissed her and talked to her as if she could talk to her own daughter. The woman began to sob, her heart touched by the tenderness and kindness of this Christian, this great Christian woman. The woman in time became a Christian and grew into a fine and useful child of God because because of that touch of two people who loved God and loved a lost sinner. Does that happen to people today? I would hope that we would, as God says, as I said earlier, love your neighbor as yourself. The best rebuke to sin is a godly life. The thief, the thief, the thief saw perfect goodness in Jesus, and it made him feel the weight of his own guilt and caused him to cry out for salvation. He had the spirit of humility. He didn't ask for anything big. He simply asked Jesus to remember him. Augustine said the, that the first condition of religion is humility. The second condition is humility, and the third condition is likewise humility. The loftier the mountain, the lower the valley, the taller the building, the deeper the foundation, the greater of ship, the deeper the keel. And the higher a man goes with God, the humbler he is. This humble man made no demands. He asked Jesus only to remember him and left it all up to him. He signed a confession and left it up. 
to Jesus to fill that blanks in and give him what he wanted and what he would. It was a feeling of earnestness. He could have said, uh, what's the use? I'm dying and he's dying. He can't help me. But what did he do instead? He, he, he was deadly earnest. I fear that uh, often Christianity lacks earnestness. When we when we hear the cry fire, we rush to put it out. But when we hear the the lost words of souls around us, we are totally indifferent. During the Civil War, a Union soldier was found asleep at his post and sentenced to death. His sister loved him so and was so concerned about him that. Uh, she walked many weary miles to Washington to appeal to President Lincoln for mercy. He turned her down. But she came back to him again and again and again. At last, because of her earnestness, he granted a pardon to the boy. Oh, what if we were the earnest about lost souls? This man on the cross was earnest. He came with his plea to Christ in the, the first opportunity he had. He knew that he had only a little time left, and, and he seized it. It was also his last opportunity. Who knows when the last opportunity will come for you or me? Someone has said, uh, there is just uh, one instance in the Bible when a man was saved uh, in the last moment, the lest men should uh, despair, but only one lest men should presume this means that there is hope for all but you must not wait for tomorrow because tomorrow may be too late um, now his soul was saved but his life was lost he went to paradise where he is with jesus but he didn't have a chance to serve god on earth there's a fable of a horse uh, who ran away from home one morning he returned at nightfall and said to them his master here i am but said his master, uh, the field is not plowed. You may, be, you may be saved later in life, but every day you put off coming to Christ, it decreases your opportunity to serve the one who saved you. Today, you're offered a greater salvation than the thief, for you can give him not only your soul, but your life. So accept him now and and have some time to show your gratitude and service a little blind boy was given his sight through a, the work of a good doctor i have nothing which i can pay you said the little boy yes you have said the doctor just tell others of the one who helped heal you i believe in the thief had had the opportunity he would have told others of the marvelous man who saved him while he was dying. You and I have the chance uh, he did not have. Every person, as soon as he or she has been saved, should go out, serve Christ, and tell others about him. He came to the only one who can save him. He came to Jesus. The governor uh, the governors of Massachusetts once visited a, condemn, a condemned man in his cell and talked to him uh, Talked to him without identifying himself. The man uh, was very sullen and insulting. When the visitor left, the prison guard said uh, to the prisoner, that was the governor of the state. Oh, 
cried the man. Uh, uh, if I had only known that, I would have I would have begged him for a pardon. You may be nearer the judgment than you think. You know who Jesus is. Why not call on him? He's ready to pardon and save you. There's this Dr. Scarborough. He was preaching in a revival meeting in a church. Um, he he went to see a manager of a savings loan company and talked with him uh, about giving his heart to the Lord. The man postponed that matter, saying he intended to become a Christian someday. We could not; they could not move him from that decision. A few weeks later, he went to the restroom of the bank and uh, committed suicide. He waited too long. A thief appealed for the thing he needed most, most consideration from Christ, and his prayer brought salvation from the Lord, who saves all who call on him in faith. Uh, in a European city, uh, city, there's a statute of Copernicus, the first astronomer to declare that the world was round. He stands with folded arms, looking at the cross, expressing his faith in Christ. Behind him, are a globe and compass, telling of his belief that the world is round. Under that statue, there are these words. I crave not the grace which Paul received, nor favor of which Christ indulged Peter, that alone who thou didst bestow on the thief on the cross do I entreat. When Jesus said, uh, this day shall shalt thou be with me in the paradise hope flooded the poor man's soul salvation began that hour it was a present salvation the minute you trust christ your salvation begins also and lasts throughout all eternity he was a glorious uh, salvation for he went from the cross to a crown hell's doors were shut and heaven's doors were open for him he has been in paradise with Jesus with Jesus ever since. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we'd first begun. One glorious day, when we meet the thief of the golden streets of glory, we can say to him, tell us about the day you died. And with sparkling eyes, he'll say, oh, I was going down to hell, but I cried to him. And he saved me and brought me to heaven. Isn't he a glorious savior? And we'll say, yes, dear friend. And he saved us and brought us home too. Let's thank him again. This uh, Mr. Pentecost uh, was holding a meeting in London uh, when a girl came to him and said, pray for me for I'm lost. But... Uh, don't mention my name. In this service, he prayed for the uh, he prayed the Lord. There's a lost girl here. She doesn't want me to mention her name, but please save her. And in the stillness of the in the stillness, the girl cried out, "It's me, Lord! Please save me." Of course, he did. She wanted to be saved and was not ashamed. Don't you want to be saved? Far out to sea, there were several men drifted hopelessly in a lifeboat. They were cold, hungry, lost. 
Then one of them cried out, a ship, a ship. They tied their, their shirts to, to an oar and waved frantically. They saw their country's flag on the ship, and they rejoiced as hope sprang up in their hearts, but the ship went on its way, ignoring the poor wretches in the lifeboat. They endured the torches of Tantalus until uh, finally, until death finally came to relieve them. Oh, my lost friend out to sea of sin, cry out to Christ. He will not pass you by. He will take time to save you. He'll give you the best he has here and, and take you to a safe port, the port of heaven at the end of the way. Let's all make our requests uh, to God as you listen to this prayer. Lord Jesus, you are the second and new Adam. Clothe me with yourself, that I put away all evil desires and lusts and crucify and slay in me the dominion of the flesh. Be untold me a, a strong garment against the icy coldness of this world, that I may be preserved and warmed by you. Without you, all things droop, decay, and die. But in you, we live safe, strong, and mighty. As now I cover my body with these garments, so, O Lord, cover and clothe me with yourself, especially my soul. For you are the garment of my salvation and the cloak of my righteousness. And unto you be glory and honor and praise. Amen. Let's take a, a few minutes and, and pray your own personal prayer to our Lord Jesus Christ. Pray for the world. Pray for the United States of America. Pray for all sinners that are out there and they see their way to Christ.
Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts that we worthily laminating our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness may obtain of thee the God of mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. As we come to a end of our worship with the Templar night, uh, let's uh, pray the words that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I try to do a podcast at least once a week. Sometimes I, usually on Fridays. Uh, but I felt a move to do one today. So uh, if you uh, have any prayer requests or if you care to learn more about Templar Knights and our order, um, you can go to our website at www.americanightstemplars.com. Again, that's www.americanightstemplars.com. And uh, you can, uh, we have a little chat thing set up there. Sometimes we don't get it right away, so be patient with that. Um, but you can also uh, let us know if you have some prayer request or you can email me directly at davidr258 at comcast.net again that's davidr258 at comcast.net and uh, we will uh, get a prayer group going for your prayer request and uh, you can also uh, learn more about the templars there and if you care to join us uh, we'll be more than happy to look at your resume <laughs> and do a little vetting Again, that's uh, www.americanightstemplars.com. Thank you. I want everybody to have a blessed day. And uh, please check back later and uh, watch for the little postings. I post a lot on Facebook. Uh, we have a place on Twitter that we post. And uh, we're on all kinds of little stations. Spotify, we're on them. Um, have a great day, and may God be with you, and uh, please listen to these more often. Have a good day.